So good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kristen Smith, and I am the host of Sight Black Women. And I'm here at the American Sociological Association meetings in New York with Dr. Vilna Bashi Treitler. Yes. Um, who is the professor of Black Studies at the University of California, Santa Barbara, and a sociologist. Her scholarship theorizes about international migration, race and ethnicity, and the dynamics of hierarchical socioeconomic structures. And she has earned distinctions for, for her expertise in qualitative methods. Her books include The Ethnic Project, Transforming Racial Fictions into Ethnic Factions, Survival of the Knitted, Immigrant Social Networks in a Stratified World, and Race in Transnational and Transracial Adoption. In 2016, she edited with Manuela Boatka of University of Freiburg, a monograph issue of the journal Current Sociology entitled Dynamics of Inequalities in Global Perspective. And in January 2017, she was named Sociologist of the Month by Current Sociology, which is the journal of the International Sociological Association. Right now, she's at work on an academic memoir about her experiences with public school and higher education. And she is also a visual artist, in addition to other, an artist in other ways. We'll get to that in a few minutes. She also works in oil on canvas and masonite and in pigment painted and fired on glass. Yes. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you, Dr. Treitler. Yes. I am. Please call me Vilna. I will call you Vilna. Just, yes. Just because I think you're wonderful. And that's <laughs> that's an honor for me to be able to do that. Oh, please. And I'm really thankful that you're able to join us today. You are such a, a, a figure in and of, to your, in and of yourself. Um, you are somebody who I've heard many sociologists talk about over the years with fondness um, as somebody mm -hmm. who really is a wonderful mentor, is someone who really impacts the field, is someone who takes care of other Black folk in sociology. Um, and I mean that in a loving way. I, mean, I know as Black women, we're always thought we're supposed to take, thinking we're supposed to take care of everyone, but I mean that as a compliment. Yes, thank you. Um, and, and it's just an honor. And, and your work precedes you, obviously, as a very accomplished writer and an accomplished scholar. And so thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'm really honored to be here. And I, I think the work you're doing is fabulous. And I can see people light up when um, we talk about sight black women, I have my shirt. Yay! We, <laughs> you know, it, when I wear it in California, you know, people are like pointing like, where'd you get that? And I, it just makes me feel great. Oh, so I should tell you, I'm actually doing a series of self-portraits now. Oh, wow. And I, I'm doing a portrait of myself with my sight black women t-shirt Oh, on. that's wonderful. So it's about to become an art piece yes. in that way. So, but I will cite you. <laughs> no. And <laughs> I think the person who made the shirts. <laughs> More importantly than that, that, that is, that, you know, obviously we think citation is important here at Sight Black Women, but more importantly than that, we want to see it when it gets yeah. done because that's going to be fabulous. And if you, if you so permit us, it would be great to put it on the Instagram. Oh my or, gosh. Yeah, I and circulate it. it. Yes, I will. When it, when it's, when, when it's, it's ready for the world, right? Yes. <laughs> when it's ready for the world. Yeah, but I'm 
So I'm I'm jumping ahead of your questions. I'm sorry, but I just okay. felt like I need as I'm writing the memoir that you mentioned. I'm trying to give do the series of self portraits that give an image of me, like the different facets of me as a black woman. Wow. And um, yeah, so sight black women that helped me explain who I am as a professor while letting me also be myself. So the, even the t-shirt form lets you be yourself. Yeah. Even while I'm saying, yes, I have knowledge and I'm a professor, but I'm also me in all that complex you know, self. Wow. No, you know what? You're not jumping ahead at all because I think um, I would love to hear more about this memoir that you're doing um, for many reasons. And I think the w one of the reasons, the first reason is that, you know, in one of our earlier episodes, um, we featured a conversation between Erica Williams, Professor Erica Williams of Spelling College and um, Professor Beverly Guy Sheftall of Spelling College. And Dr. Guy Sheftall, as we know, is a, is a figure in Black women's studies. Um, one of the things when, when we asked her, when Erica, when Erica asked her um, what she is excited about reading, one of the things that she mentioned was memoirs. Really? And Black women's memoirs. Wow. And so when you say that, I'm very intrigued. It is rare that a Black woman in the academy writes a memoir. Mm. So what brought you to write your memoir? What brought you on this journey? Oh, gosh. Well, there's a number of things. That, there's a number of ways I can answer that question. So one is I've always wanted to write one because I feel like my story is one of resilience. And I really wanted to write so that I could help someone struggling know that um, sometimes all you really need is to get up when you're knocked down yeah. and just put that one foot in front of the other. Yeah. If you can't put your foot in front of the other, just, just try to stand yeah. till you can move a foot. So um, I feel like that's how I got through. And sometimes I, I wish I had more support like people telling me that's okay you're gonna be okay just keep going mm -hmm. so I feel like my memoir might be that message to someone who needs it mm -hmm. a, a black woman or a young girl or um I feel I, I had a really hard way to go um and um do you want to tell us a little bit about that story? Do you feel comfortable with that? Well, that's that's my pause. I was just thinking, how much of this do I want to tell? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to, so one of the things I always say, so now everybody who hearing this is going to know, if you want to know something, just ask me, because I only have two ways, honest or silent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so right. I'm, I have to decide do I, which one of those things am I going to be. So I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, I feel I've suffered a lot of trauma mm -hmm. and um, to be honest, and I'm going to say this in the beginning pages of the memoir, I'm also writing it for me because um, I, I think I've been working myself to death. Mm, yes. We, we, are, we literally die young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, the Academy will consume all of you. And I, I think I work myself 
so hard um, and I want to stop. And so I need to tell myself, you know, film life, that's okay. You've done enough. You're enough. And if I write it all out, then I can read it and convince myself. Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. I think that, you know, when we were, we, we just attended the Sight Black Women panel that was at the meetings this morning. Um, and during that conversation, uh, I can't remember if it was Tressie McMillan Cotton or Crystal Fleming who mentioned the fact that we as Black women work ourselves to death mm-hmm. in the academy. Um, and I think that a lot of us can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about June Jordan. I think about Barbara Christian. I think about all of the Black women who have died way too young. Right. right. Because of the way that the world weighs on us. And I think about the words of Zora Neale Hurston, we are the mules of the world. Yeah. And so in many ways, your sentiment is one that a lot of people share. Yeah. Yeah. And so I struggled with that a little bit because I wanted to tell this resilient story. And I also wanted to, I also at the same time felt like, well, does anybody really want to hear this? But the other thing is that it's, it, the reason I call it a memoir instead of an autobiography is that it's really about my relationship to schooling mm-hmm. and how um, schooling in so many ways really shaped me and my identity and helped s- saved my life <laughs> and um but then at the same time you know as you go through the higher you go through higher ed the the more you are drained yes. so at my relationship at first was one of you know thank goodness I had some teachers who saw something in me and helped me and to all you know and I would go from being a um, child of immigrants to first in my family to go to college and I worked my way through school and I didn't have a lot of support. And I, I, I was just, it was great and struggle. And then I'm still doing that now. I, I went through um, graduate school on my own and I, um, I joined the academy as an assistant professor. I moved around. I didn't get tenure. I I, I became full professor yeah. with through struggle. I was an administrator, and uh, I think you know, I've got an endowed chair next. So yes, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I don't have it yet, so I'm not going to say details, right. but it's maybe coming. So, um, but I've been through it all. Yeah. And that relationship to schooling and education has been good and it's been fraught and so many are struggling. So I want to tell that story too. Um, and what's that? you got to edit this out. What's the thing I was going to say that no, I forgot? I <laughs> um, when, you were, when you were talking about how your schooling saved your life. Yes. And I wanted to hear a little bit more about that. What do you, what do you mean by that? Oh, hmm. Well, my my father was abusive. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I, this is my first time really speaking about this on a public forum. Mm-hmm. I t- don't keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. He's no longer alive, but other family members who might be hearing this might be upset with me, but mm-hmm. I talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we can always uh, cut it out later. No, it's going, I'm writing a memoir. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's in there. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> so, but he's plays a very central role. So you, people may not know this, but he was at the center of my dissertation and my first book. Wow. Um, so he really played an important role in my life, even though he was such a problematic figure to me. Um, so he, um, he um, brought his extended family to the United States from the Caribbean, from, and, and when they, my family left New York and moved to Florida, um, both sides of his family, people from London on his side, people from New York followed my parents. Mm-hmm. So I write about these immigrant networks because right. I saw them happening right. around my father. But my father was also the kind of person who uh, not infrequently beat me severely and said that education was wasted on a girl. Wow. And so I, when I say my teachers saved me, they saw something. My third grade teacher, Guanzi Jimberry, I know a lot of people in New York City had Guanzi Jimberry as their teacher, wow. who she was phenomenal what black school woman. school was it? PS 156 Got to shout out to the school. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. And that woman, so she got me in the gifted program. She saw something in me. She had me tested at York mm-hmm. College. I took an IQ test. I must have done the right thing because I was pulled out of school and wow. put in a gifted program. And then I ended up going to Hunter College High School. Wow. You know, there's it's in the papers now that black kids are not getting into New York specialized schools. I was in there. Wow. Like my my the the trajectory of my life changed in the third grade because wow. of her. Wow. And I could I would that at that time I was probably quite depressed. I had gotten even more depressed by the time I was twelve. I was suicidal. Wow. So um, there's a story. Of course, I I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. But yeah, so schooling was that. a really central part. Like I loved books, and it, it took me places and times. Yeah. And I time traveled. I space traveled. I did everything through books. Wow. But I never imagined myself as a professor. I never imagined myself. I didn't know what a PhD was. Yeah. I just... I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. Right. That's what I did. I think that as black women, that's how many of us live, right? Mm-hmm. That's how many of us survive. Mm-hmm. We keep putting one foot in front of the other, and then we look up, and we're up the mountain. That's it. That is it. That is exactly what happened to me. So I, I, I in some ways, though, you know, that is a black woman's story, and I don't feel special. So when but you, you say, are special. <laughs> That's not what I meant by that. I know it's You not, are special. But you, you see the tension there. Right. Because that's what we do. Right. We put one foot in front of the other and then we're up the mountain. So so part of why I'm writing this is not because my story is so special, 
but it's because, yeah, if I could put that one foot in front of the other and get to the top of the mountain, so could you. So could, yeah. so could there's a third grade girl yeah. who could pick this up and say, really, all I have to do is like just, just study, yeah. use my public library. Right. That's so beautiful. You know, that's, that's what made me. And I think, you know, what's really beautiful to me about that story is that, you know, uh, there are several, we're in a moment when people talk, are talking more, I won't say a lot, but people are talking more about black women and resilience. Mm -hmm. And people are, our stories are getting circulated more. But rarely do we hear about resilience in its relationship to the academy. Right. We don't. We don't think about Black women who are professors as folk who may be going through stuff. Right. Or as folk who may have gone through stuff to get to where we are. That's the thing I forgot that I wanted to say. There you go. We got there. We got there. Because in higher ed... And elsewhere, but we all we are constantly having these conversations about diversity. Yeah, and it's as if, and not to say this is a it's a, un, unimportant, but we believe that our task is get brown faces in a room, and we are not being attentive to what it costs. Yes, to get us in the room. Yes. So we're just like, okay, y'all are in the room. Let's start the meeting. Like, no, you don't want to understand. There are things I need in order to stay in this room. Yes. And there are wounds that I have that aren't healed. And I'm sitting here with y'all pretending that those things don't matter because nobody's asking me. Yes. Does it matter? And are you okay? And do you know what's required for the next steps? And we're just making it. Yeah. But diversity has to be more than get brown faces in the room. It has to be about uh, the journeys that brought us all there and understanding what we need to do to make community. Mm. So that's a that's a also that's a thing that resilience got me there. Maybe white privilege got someone else there. And we can make community, but we have to acknowledge those inequalities and what kind of community goes forward that we are going to address those. Yeah, oh, definitely. You know, it, it, I, that's a beautiful story. And it's one I can't wait to read the memoir. So I'm putting that out there. I'm, I cannot wait until it comes into the world so we can read it and talk about it on site, Black Woman, because we will do that when it comes out. Oh, well, thank you. I'd love to. I'd love <laughs> that would to. be amazing. But one of the things um, that ties to that story is that you you not only chose to go into academia, but you chose to go into sociology specifically. <laughs> that's a... That was a circular route. Oh my gosh, so <laughs> circular, so circular. So I want, I just put my, put a little asterisk here to talk about art again, because mm-hmm. um, I really think another, like I didn't know what a PhD really was, but I also never knew any artists. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a high school teacher that really, introduced me to myself as an artist Oh wow! because it's so funny I ha- I've been invited to Hunter College high school reunions wow. but I didn't graduate from there there are people I met at the reunion who said 
I have this piece of art you did in seventh wow. grade. I saved this thing. You drew this. And I and I cannot believe that people knew people knew I was an artist before I knew I was an artist. Wow. And I and then I had an art teacher in Florida who again, she was almost a savior because that was where we moved to Florida, the Klan was active. Wow. It was a horrific place compared to where I had come from. And uh, but yeah, the art teacher was Judith Mason. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing woman. Wow. Amazing woman. And she, um, yeah, she, I, I can't remember a thing she said to me, but I can remember how she made me feel mm. that I was free mm-hmm. and I was talented. Mm-hmm. Like she would just say, okay, I want you to do this. And I could do it. And then people were like, oh, look what Vilma did. Like that feeling uh, is amazing. And I had that because of her. That's an amazing feeling. And you're, you're piquing my curiosity. So what kinds of art, I mean, one, you are revealing that you are truly an artist. Yes, but I didn't want to make pretty pictures, which I think what is what got me into scholarship. Like I wanted mm. to do, I want to leave the world better than I found it. And I didn't know how to do that through art. Mm. So then I start reading and I'm, I have to learn history. And I started looking at, um, I'm telling the whole memoir. I had to, I started being an activist. Right. And then I started understanding that I can't just sit around while injustice is happening. Right. And so I literally, I am trying now to pull together networks of artists and activists and scholars to do social justice work. And that's my, that's my vision for myself. But the the academy makes that kind of work very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, activism is what you do outside. That, if you try to bring it in, that's advocacy. That's mm-hmm. not research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, art is okay if you're in the humanities, but you're a social scientist, and social scientists do research. Right. But you're not. You can't do these other things too. Like the and. I wonder, like, what happened to the Renaissance men that we say mm. are geniuses? Why can't we have? Why can't we have those anymore? Right. You know, we're the Da Vinci's, and why can't it, I? Can't can I be one? I think you can be, <laughs> and I think I, first of all, I know you can be. I want to hear more about what kind of art you do. Okay. Because this is, this is, I mean, I'm sitting here just with bated breath. I'm like, I want to know what, I didn't know you did art until we sat down this afternoon. And so this is a beautiful surprise. I hid it. Well, I don't, tell us about it. (laughs) Don't hide that part of yourself. Because as you mentioned. I'm going to shout out to someone else. So I, I was, I, before I moved to Santa Barbara, I was teaching for the City University of New York and I was, um, taking classes with a master painter, and his name is Sam Adequate, oh, and wow. he's from Ghana, oh, and wow. he's a brilliant artist. And um, so I would go leave my house early in the morning, and I'm a mom. I'm like, thank you, thank you to my husband. You take care of the kids because right. I can go to the art studio. 
I was learning to paint with a master painter. I would paint three days a week and then go to work. And then, so I kept everything secret and separate. Wow. But before that, I had taken stained glass work and welding classes. I just finished a blacksmithing class. Um, I, I've been studying all my life, but I just didn't tell anyone. Wow. And, and so what I want to do, the reason I learned to paint is I want to make stained glass art. You know, you go to, to houses of worship and they have stained glass. The yes. idea of behind that was to teach people who were not literate the stories of you know, the holy books so that they understand, you know, it's it's all dramatic, the ceilings are high, the sun comes in through the glass and it makes you feel your, your relationship to the universe. Mm. But those stories are all religious stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that what the ones we forget are the are the justice stories. So I want to figure out ways of of talking about enslavement and wow. racism and genocide and and also just basic humanity and care and love and what does that look like and how can we talk about those things. So I want to take those materials and tell stories of human horror and kindness mm. and, and have us have a dialogue about how to get to a better place mm. as human beings. Mm. When you say that, I think about Carol Walker's work. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I think about that too. And I think her work is amazing. Um, in a way, uh, though, I also want to be global, and yes. um, and I am very much. Um, so let me back up. So part of the reason I'm a scholar of race, and the way I'm a scholar of race, is I really try to theorize about where that concept comes from, yes. and why we continue to apply it to one another, even though we've had a century more of research that says this is this is bullshit mm-hmm. these Absolutely. categories do not work we are not subspecies of the human race and so um i'm really trying at- attentive to um so i'm anti-racist but i'm also a humanist and i really want to work on the how you how the categories separate us the the um racial, gender, um, nation, um, and also how we can get beyond them. So, um, yeah, I really want to tell a lot of different stories. Mm. I see myself as a strong black woman, but, you know, we talked a little bit about this in some of the other sessions, how we we need to make connections with um, indigenous peoples and uh, uh, peoples in in the so-called global south and you know all kinds of connections really are important to me and uh, and how we really fight oppression and domination i care about those things so my i have i guess i have these big i need bigger i need windows you need a bigger canvas, canvas. <laughs> yeah because i have big big stories i want to tell wow that's beautiful 
Is there a specific art piece that you've done that you feel really kind of reflects that kind of work or where you feel like your work is going? Well, I talked a little bit about the self-portrait series. I think that's going, I have these, I can't even tell myself what it is that I'm going to do mm. um, because I'm, I've, I'm fighting my own intuitions about where that's going to take me. I'm like, I can't do that. Yes, you can't do that. So, um, you know, I, I, you're the second person who knows oh, wow. that I'm going to do a site black women self-portrait. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm, but I'm trying to think of the logistics of how to do that. Right. Because I like to paint from life and it's, you know, I'll have to take a picture of myself so that the words aren't backwards. Right, right, <laughs> It's, it's right. really hard to figure out. <laughs> I can't paint from a photo. I need to really see the see the light on my skin, and it's it's complicated. Like, so there's a lot of work right. that goes into conceptualizing right. what that means. And then, who else am I as a woman and a, and a mother and yeah. black and you know, do a, it's just. There's so much to be explored, and I, you know this about me, even though we've known each other a short time, I've, I'm very, um, I like to say I'm introverted. My friends argue with me about that because I'm friendly, <laughs> but I, like, even just the exercise of me seeing myself and letting others see me, yes, that feels really difficult yeah, and hard and... Um, vulnerable mm. like so I'm really good at hiding behind my overwork and my you know I will come to my house I'll cook for you and I'll take care of you and I'm not taking care of myself right you yeah know? yeah <laughs> I resonate with that remark yes <laughs> so um yeah so I'm really forcing this um this taking a breath and looking and um, sharing as um, vulnerability rather than, you know, performance. Yeah. Oh, I definitely get it. I think it's going to be beautiful. And I think that what's really, what's, what's really inspiring to me about your story is the way that all the different parts of your life are connected, right? Yes. Yeah, and the, they and they are, even though I tried to live as if they weren't. Yes. But that's, I think that that's also kind of a survival mechanism. Absolutely. Like, it's too much of a fight to say, okay, I'm going to be in your department, but I'm also going to do this. Yeah. Or I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be a mom, but mommy has to leave early now because she got to go paint. Right. Right. <laughs> or, you know, right. you're going to have to watch TV and eat dessert by yourself because mommy got to go right. 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 Or, Trust me, yes. I'm a mom. And so <laughs> I've had those conversations before and they're never easy. They're never easy. Because it's but hard the, to meet lots of people at one time. It's hard. It's hard. But yeah, if you have... And I guess the other message is, as I sound, I feel in my mind, I'm so cliche before I even say it, but I just feel like we have to dream. Mm. And, and dreams have a way, 
of being visualizations if we put some energy into it and you can you can make your dreams come true you can visualize the life you want to go to. that's choosing the mountain right we're always going to put one foot in front of the other but i guess you can choose that mountain you right. want to stand on right so, and yeah you can choose to go up the mountain or you can walk up the mountain by accident yes but, <laughs> but yeah but you don't have to say and i feel bad because there are there are black women who say i can't i yeah. can't don't say you can't every mountain is open just because we decide to put boundaries around it doesn't mean you don't belong there yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. so yeah i don't I, i'm my biggest thing i have all of this i have i have humility i have fears i have whatever but all somebody has to do is say, no, you can't. And, I, <laughs> and then you're like, I'm Wait gonna. Yes. <laughs> I'm so stubborn. It's like, oh, really? Just watch me. And it, that <laughs> thing might not even be good for me, but I'm going to do it because right. you told me That's that. That's so true. Yes. We're kindred spirits. We are kindred spirits. You tell me not to. I'm going to go do it. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to do the opposite. Right. That's funny. But you know what? That's um, that's something that I definitely wanted to ask you about. And we talked about this on the elevator. Of, but one of the things, one of the ways that I came to know who you are, is through your reputation reputation as a mentor. Yes. And hearing your story, and all the reflections you just gave us about the beautiful work that you're planning to give to this world, and your journey, I can see how that journey would have led you into being a mentor yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yes, that's it. it it's, um, you know, there's a lot of work in the academy that you kind of choose to do because, well, we all need lines on our CVs. Mm. We need the citations right. we need. But yeah, mentoring is the one part of scholarship and academic work that doesn't feel like work. It mm. feels like... I'm feeding my soul to feed other people's souls. Mm. And so it's so funny. So the um, there's a Du Bois Scholar Network now in sociology. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, they're doing really wonderful work in the Du Bois tradition. Mm. And they asked me to come and give a, a, a provocation in the first um, meeting Oh, I think that's my phone. That's okay. Sorry. They gave me, asked me to give a provocation on mentoring. And so I didn't realize it at the time, but I think I had just started to write my memoir because my provocation was a talk about here's all the times in my life where I needed mentoring and Mm. I didn't have it. Mm. So let me tell you what these all these moments that I needed someone. Mm-hmm. And those, so there's someone out there who's having a moment who needs somebody to help them get to the next step. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, now I forgot again what I'm trying to say. We're talking about mentorship. You're talking about the Du right. Bois oh, yes. scholars that invited so, you. So, yeah, yeah, I went to... Um, so I, I started to um, realize that I... Like being a mentor is, is so natural for me and it it feels good to me. And people started talking to me about mentoring after that. And it's just um, it's just a, it's part of the way I, I operate. 
mm-hmm. in the it's part of the way I operate in the academy. Mm-hmm. So there was a, there is another piece to the story, yeah. and it's going to come to me. No, Those that's fine. Just, yeah, you'll remember it. it. It'll be fine. You remember it. Okay. I I wonder, you know, have being someone who people look to to understand how to do mentoring. I have a question for you. And my question is this, what kind of mentoring do you believe that young black women need the most right now? You're such a good interviewer because that makes me remember what I forgot. There you go. (laughs) At the provocation, I said, so now that I've not had this mentoring, let me tell you what kind of mentor I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this answers your question because I'm not really sure what people need, but maybe they need this if you're telling me I have this reputation as a mentor. I'm sure you do know. I I really don't. I just know how I can be for Mm -hmm. people and maybe it doesn't work for everybody. But I stood up there and I said, so one of the things I'm going to do if you choose me as your mentor is we're going to, you're going to come to my office, we're going to close the door, and I'm going to ask you how you're doing, and mm-hmm. I don't mean with your dissertation or in my class. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, how are you doing? How right. are you doing? Do you, and do you do you have love? Do you have mm-hmm. a partner? Mm-hmm. Are you looking? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if not, why not? Mm-hmm. And, you know... And they'll and you could almost hear the gasps in the room. And people came up to me afterward and said, "You lying? You don't do that." And I said, "Yes, I absolutely do, mm. because again, the academy can be all-consuming. Mm. And if you think, I mean, you can love books, they're not going to love you back. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay? It's true. Yeah. No, and definitely. how many of us fall asleep with books in our bed? <laughs> right." And they have sharp corners, and they are not warm. They're not going to tell you you're pretty. (laughs) So get the books out of your bed, and you might have to get somebody else in it. Get something warm and alive in it. Warm and alive and nurturing. Right. Okay? And people are like, I never heard a professor talk this way. Yeah, but... They might, other professors might let you work yourself to death. And that's not my mission. My mission is to make sure you're okay and that you can do the work that you need to do. But you can't do it if you're draining yourself completely. Mm. So I also tell grad students, do you take time off? Mm -hmm. Do you take off at least one day a week? And Mm -hmm. I also get gaps then. And I said, but... You what you don't understand is this the easiest time of your life. It sure enough is. Yes, and they are they just like they you cannot comprehend working harder. Mm-hmm. But I said, and then you're going to get an academic job, and you're going to work harder, and you're going to wonder how could I possibly work harder than I did in grad school? But you will. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Then you're going to get tenure, and you're going to work, work harder. harder. <laughs> and you cannot fathom it. Exactly. I said, so if you haven't taught yourself. To take time off now. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're going to teach yourself later? You think you're going to give yourself permission mm-hmm. later? Mm-hmm. You need a habit and you have to start now. And so they look at me like, what kind of mentor are you? Because <laughs> we're, that's the An amazing one. our first conversation. Right. Like, I need to know those other things because then I know... Why are you here? Mm. What brought you to the academy? You know, um, so um, the president of ASA, Mary Romero, her some of her work talks about how sociology is failing 
our grad students because the very thing that brought them to sociology, activism, wanting to give back to their communities, being anti-racist, all that stuff, we take it out of them to mm. make them, quote, I, I got air quotes up, scientists. <laughs> right. What, scientists can't Objective, be caring? right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, Du Bois said, you know, screw objectivity. Mm -hmm. Objectivity is what makes you do the kind of science that hurts people. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to do this kind of science that cares for people, I mean, takes care of people and makes the world better, you have to care for them, and that's not objective, and that doesn't make it unscientific. So I need to know those parts of you that what brought you here and how, how can we make sure that stays a part of your work? I think that is scientific. Absolutely. It's more than just scientific. It's life-giving in, in the academy. Yes. Otherwise, what are we doing? I don't need a journal article. And nobody needs to read one more journal article from me either. It's like, <laughs> it's good to get, um, you know, I'm glad to put the line on the CV. It may get me a little raise later. But does the world need that? Or does it need me to learn something well enough to engage with students to help them bring stuff back to their communities? Like, it's all encompassing. Mm -hmm. if, I help, if I help a couple of uh, students of color, women, black women, whomever survive the academy and go back and make their next stop a better place, that's the legacy I want to leave. And so I feel like mentoring is central to that. It's central. It's not about my words on a page. It's about, I have, I have, I have a different experience that I want to leave as my legacy. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Now, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners that you want for them to know or thoughts? that you want to include? I feel like oh, I should have something really profound right now. You just said something really <laughs> profound. <laughs> you did. You said a lot of profound things. Um, oh, gracious. Okay, here's what I want to say. I, here's what I really want to say. And this message is not for everybody. But you will know it's for you if you hear it and it resonates. The thing you need to know is there are a lot of people in the academy who talk big and they are always in the forefront of things and they talk with such bravado and um, self-assuredness. And some of those people are the most insecure people you will ever meet. Don't be fooled. Mm. So you who are quiet and unsure, or you don't get up in the front of the room until you have all your facts straight, know that you are the secure person and you are the one we need. Don't get fooled. Don't be fooled by all of that loud talking, professional looking, whatever. Put your head down, keep going. Don't forget to find love and take care of yourself. But you are the secure, strong person and it's going to show. Just keep going. That's beautiful. 
I just, that's beautiful. And that was profound. Thank you. <laughs> you achieved. You're so generous. You achieved your goal. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for your time and thank you for participating in the podcast. And I just want to say it was just wonderful to meet you. You don't know. I am so honored to be a part of this. It's just a beautiful thing that you're doing. And I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. I, I really hope that, like, I would, I hope I honor your t-shirts with a good enough self-portrait. Oh, my goodness. You, I know you will. I that, know you that will. That people continually ask me. I hope that that portrait makes it into a museum one oh, day. that would be beautiful. And when you and I die, they'll still be talking about sight black women because that portrait lived somewhere where everyone could see it. Asha, that's wonderful. Okay. I love that. I love that. I love that. That's beautiful. You are, you are a generous spirit, and I am happy and blessed to have met you. Right back at you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sight Black Women. Follow us at Sight Black Women on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and our new website, www.siteblackwomencollective.org And remember, it's simple. Site Black Women. We theorize, we produce, we revolutionize the world. 